0: Hey guys, it's Dr. Childs here. Today I want to talk about um, a case study, and specifically this is going to be centered around postpartum weight loss. And I'm going to be um, using this case study. Here There, um, are her before and after pictures. So this is immediately after pregnancy, and I believe this is about three or four months um, after or in the postpartum period. And so um, I wanted to talk about how or or rather why there's a lot of women um, out there who struggle with weight loss in the postpartum period um, and talk just about my approach to um, helping women lose weight um, during this time frame um, and hopefully give you guys some tips using this case study. So I'm going to be walking you through exactly what um, this particular patient did in working with me and then hopefully this can um, spark some ideas um, and get you guys started on the right track if you are Struggling with the same thing. So, um, to start with, oh, and by the way, so this we're not. Our goal here is not to um, um, help women, you know, get a six-pack in the postpartum period or anything like that. We're just trying to get them and um, back to the normal weight, whatever it was that they were previous to pregnancy, um, and hopefully that's a a healthy weight, right? Because uh, what ends up happening, and there's a pattern that I see with a lot of um, women, is that um, they they'll get pregnant. They'll gain weight, which is typical and normal um, for pregnancy. Um, then the problem is they don't, they're not able to lose all that weight before they then get pregnant again. So you have this sort of um, stacking weight loss that occurs over, you know, several years, in which in which they maybe gain an extra 5 to 10 pounds each pregnancy. And this adds up over each pregnancy. And usually, there reaches a tipping point, I would say, by the third, just based off of my experience in talking to a lot of women. Um, And once they get past the third, it becomes very, very, very difficult to lose that weight. So um, the goal should always be, um, first of all, to go into... Um, pregnancy at a normal weight—that's uh, the best thing that you can possibly do. That—that's very ideal. Um, that's obviously not the case, and that's not going to happen with everybody. But that's the best way that you can do it, because what that does is it—it it sets your body up um, in such a way that your hormones are balanced and allows you to get that weight off quicker. So, um, anyway, we're, we're not trying to get you back to a or get you to a six-pack necessarily, but we're trying to just get you back to a, a normal weight, whatever that is for you. Um, and again, that might be your pre-pregnancy weight, or it might not, depending on um, where you're at. So why, um, to start with, we're going to talk a little bit about why is postpartum weight loss so difficult. Um, and I pose, I pose a series of, of questions here. Um, And I I basically say, you know, why is it so difficult to lose weight after having a baby or in the postpartum period? Shouldn't weight loss be easy um, because you're breastfeeding and because of how intensive that process is in terms of your calories? And why is it that some women are able to lose weight so easily while other women struggle? And these are really good questions. And these are questions that I'm sure a lot of um, women have faced at some point in their life or, you know, in the postpartum period or or otherwise. Um, But you have to remember a couple things. And that is that no two women are going to be created exactly equal. And I, when I say that, you probably roll your eyes and you say, of course, that, that's, you know, obviously. But I don't think that that sinks in enough for, for a lot of people. Um, and what I mean by that is, there are a lot of people out there who can do the exact same therapies, the exact same treatments, and in some group of people that will work very well, and in others it will have zero effect. And so what then we have is a lot of confusion out there as uh, in regards to what is actually the effective therapy for this treatment. And so what I'm going to try and do and try and help you understand is that there is no such thing. So there isn't such a thing as this cookie cutter weight loss therapy that all women in the postpartum period need to follow. There isn't some cookie cutter diet. There isn't some cookie cutter set of supplements or whatever it is because each of you is going to require slightly different um, therapies. And I mean that, that makes sense intuitively, but it's not something that I think gets talked about enough. So the question is, um, and and by the way, we have lots of studies that show that women struggle in the postpartum period. Um, Here's an example. I've linked to some of these studies, and a lot. This is a very common thing. So if you're having, if you're struggling with it, um, just know that um, you're not alone. There's a lot of women that do this. And part of this problem is, and if you've heard anything that I've, um, any of my previous videos or or podcasts or anything like this, you probably have some idea um, as to why it's so difficult. And a large part of that has to do with um your hormones in general. but um, that that is that is true of anybody who's having struggle or is struggling with weight loss. but it's especially true of women um, who are in the postpartum period. And the reason for that is pregnancy is a time of great flux for your hormones. Um, and that's normal. That's part of pregnancy. That's why it's just the adaptive changes that occur to allow you to be able to, um, your, your child and the fetus to be able to develop, allows you to, your body to be able to take care of it and to support it. And so these are, these are normal. Now, the problem is this. If you go into pregnancy, so we know that it, it, pregnancy is associated with a lot of these hormonal changes. We're going to talk about them in just a second. But imagine a scenario in which you go into this this um, uh, pregnancy, but your your hormones are already not um, in perfect harmony prior to that event. So, what's going to happen is pregnancy is going to throw them off even further. So, for instance, if you go into pregnancy with a little bit of insulin resistance or a little bit of extra weight, you're going to have some metabolic issues and then the weight that you gain while you're pregnant is going to be exaggerated um, beyond that which would have normally occurred had you not had those imbalances to begin with. And so, in this way, it's sort of like putting um, fuel on the fire, and that's why one, one of the best therapies that you can do for weight loss in the postpartum period is just not to get pregnant when you're overweight to begin with, and um, I understand that's difficult, but that's this is why. So let's talk about some of these hormones and how they um, how they change um, during pregnancy. So I've come up with with several here. So we have estrogen, progesterone, thyroid hormone, insulin, and then appetite hormones, which includes uh, leptin and ghrelin and some things like that. And so all of these major hormones, and these are these are massive major hormones in um, in terms of their uh, effects on the body. Um, during pregnancy and and not and you know when you're outside of pregnancy as well, um, so any changes to these you know is going to cause uh, a series of changes in the body. So the first is estrogen. Now estrogen you can think of in the female body as something that causes um, a lot of growth to to certain and, and specific tissues in the body. So you will probably are aware of high estrogen levels leading to things like breast tenderness, uh, leading to breast enlargement, leading to endometrial growth um, of that endometrial lining, etc. This this is what estrogen does in the body. It stimulates that. It also stimulates the growth of adipose tissue, which is your fat cells. Um, and so, estrogen is a very important hormone to women but it needs to be um it needs to be in the right amount. And so too much obviously causes a lot of issues just like too little. So too much would be estrogen dominance and too little would be um states of like menopause and things like that. Well, in estrogen in the menstru- in the menstruating woman, you know, and well, she's menstruating before she gets pregnant. Um estrogen increases dramatically during presence or during um during pregnancy. And so this can this Having a, a heightened or, or a higher uh, level of estrogen in pregnancy is one of the reasons that women are um, can gain weight a lot easier than they would normally. So that's just one thing, and that that just occurs. The second thing is progesterone. So progesterone also increases like estrogen, um, but the difference is estro- progesterone has a special or has some special effects um, as it relates to maintaining um, pregnancy. So it's a little bit different. But one another one of the benefits to progesterone is that it balances out estrogen. And so, this is like sort of the the body's natural way of balancing out that increase in estrogen by increasing that progesterone. And so, um, in that way, progesterone you can think of as sort of the opposite to estrogen. So, whatever estrogen does, progesterone helps to counterbalance um, those effects. And so, it it needs to be able to be stimulated in that amount. Um, Now, what you'll probably find, though, is that low progesterone is something that a lot of women deal with, and it's something that can lead to... um, uh, miscarriages after pregnancy, not necessarily issues with implantation, but it, but with sustaining the 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 pregnancy itself. And so you can already sort sort of start to see some of the issues that may arise. So lots of women come into pregnancy with higher than normal estrogen and lower than normal progesterone. So if your body's not capable of increasing the progesterone to mass that match that estrogen, you might have some issues. The third set of hormones that are affected is would be your thyroid hormones and so these tend to increase during pregnancy and it makes sense because thyroid hormones are required for proper fetal development especially brain development and neurodevelopment in in the child and so what ends up happening is that until the baby can produce its own thyroid hormone through its thyroid but it has to develop this first right so your thyroid hormone has to produce what it needs in addition to what your body needs and so it has to be able to sort of mount this increase that's required for you and for the baby. Um, now, if you've, you listen to other things that I've talked about on my blog and podcasts and whatnot, you'll know that hypothyroidism is also a very common condition that women um, suffer from as well. And so, going into th- pregnancy, if you're taking thyroid medication, you're reliant upon that thyroid medication for your thyroid function. Um, and if that's not optimized, well, then you can obviously run into some issues. And so, you can sort of see where we're heading here. Insulin. Insulin, um, I think, gets a lot of attention... Um, compared to other hormones as it relates to weight gain. So insulin is sort of the, people have identified it as the, you know, quote-unquote enemy um, to weight loss because insulin helps fat cells grow. Um, insulin is what alters blood sugar levels. So when you consume high, high amounts of uh, carbohydrates and sugars, insulin goes up in response to drop that. And that over repeated, uh, you know, period of time can lead to something called insulin resistance. Um, which causes a whole lot of other issues. Now, insulin or pregnancy, I should say, is known to increase the risk that uh, of, of developing insulin resistance in pregnant women. And so, what that means is, um, if you have a little bit of baseline insulin resistance going in, which there's a good chance you might, that's going to be made worse as a result um, of pregnancy. And so, you know, that, that's another thing to consider. And then, lastly, are are the appetite hormones? So, specifically leptin and ghrelin, but there's a bunch of other ones. I think I've listed a bunch here. Yeah, so peptide YY, um, CCK, etc. You can you can look at all these if you want, but the but the point is that pregnancy's alter pregnancy um, as a as a metabolic state alters many of these hormones. So it can cause, and this this makes a lot of sense if you just think intuitively about it because when you're pregnant, um, you have cravings for food. You tend to eat a lot more, and that's normal. You need to eat more because you have a higher metabolic demand for the you know, the baby and the fetus and whatnot. So, this makes sense. Now, the problem is, going again, going into it like the, the other hormones we talked about, if you have some element of a leptin resistance and you go into pregnancy, well, that's just going to be made worse most likely as a result of pregnancy. And so, what we have now is we have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, there's more than this, but five sort of major hormone imbalances that can lead to weight loss difficulties in the postpartum period. And you can see here that you might have a mix and you might have a several of these or you can mix and match them together. You know, you might have estrogen issues and thyroid problems. Someone else might have progesterone and insulin issues and so on. So because of these hormones and the way that they play around with your your adipose tissue and your fat cells in your body sort of determines how you're going to approach your treatment. Okay, so hopefully this is, this is making sense. This is why there really isn't a single, you know, um, set of treatment guidelines for this, um, for, for weight loss in the postpartum period. You know, there are some general guidelines that you can follow. I'm going to talk about those in just a minute, um, but this is why it can be a little bit confusing. Now, I do want to spend a minute and just talk about thyroid dysfunction and pregnancy. Um, this is, I think, something that is um, not, how should I put this? I, I, think, I don't think it's quite um, as appreciated as, as it should be among women who are trying to get pregnant Um, and among women who are already um, pregnant but have thyroid issues. Um, The reason is thyroid hormone plays a very important role in fertility. And so if you've ever been to like a reproductive endocrinologist, one of the things that they do for a lot of women is they just give them thyroid hormone because there seems to be, um, there's obviously a disconnect between our ability to diagnose thyroid disease um, with standard labs and and the symptoms and the way people feel once they take thyroid hormone. So there's absolutely a disconnect between those two. Um, and so, one of, like I said, one of the therapies that reproductive endocrinologists do is if you're having issues with fertility, they'll just give you thyroid hormone to see if they can do that. Now, it's also very important to have thyroid hormone um, during pregnancy if you're taking medication um, because, like I said, that demand increases during pregnancy, which means that you need more thyroid hormone. Usually, that... Usually um, what happens is the doctor either, you know, increases your dose dramatically, sometimes doubles your dose. So if you're on 100 mics, you might go up to 200 or 150 or 175 or whatever it is, but he'll increase that dose um, to meet that demand. And so this, I think, is a is something that needs to be considered in a lot of women, especially in the postpartum period, um, because postpartum... Um, There's a lot of thyroid disease that can occur in the postpartum period, so that's called postpartum thyroiditis, which is really kind of like a subtype of Hashimoto's thyroiditis. It's like an autoimmune disease, and it can present with symptoms such as postpartum depression, and if you're not looking out for it or you're not testing your blood work, it can be easily missed, and this is absolutely going to cause a lot of issues. Um, with weight loss, if you have a thyroid issue that's being undiagnosed, so anyway, that's it's important. It's important to spend a little bit of time on the thyroid, um, and you can easily get your your labs checked in the postpartum period. In, you know, you get your thyroid checked with some simple blood work. So let's talk about um, now that we can sort of have an understanding of why it is that some women have a harder time than others with weight loss in the postpartum period. Let's talk about a weight loss plan that you might um, be able to sort of get some ideas from. Now, this is the exact plan that the that the woman who was, you know, the before and after pictures at the beginning of this conversation, this is the exact uh, plan that she used. Um, and so I'm just going to go through this, but realize that, you know, it can be adapted or changed a little bit. And I'll talk about that um, when necessary. So let's see how many, number one, two, three, four, five. Okay. So we got like five major things here that we can talk about. The first for her is thyroid hormone replacement. Um, and so she did have a thyroid issue, but specifically to replace that thyroid um, hormone deficiency, um, I use a specific type of thyroid medication, which is called T3 or Cytomel or Lyothyronine. Now you can read about this. I've provided links in this um, uh, in this post if you want to go back and look through it, but you can just click on these and, and go through there. But this is a this is the most powerful type of thyroid hormone. Um, medication that exists and it's much more powerful than let's say Synthroid or Levothyroxine. And so it, it contains the active thyroid hormone. And I just find that this particular patient because of what was going on in her body, this is what she needed. And so not even a big dose, just 25 mics per day um, was enough to really get help her get out of her depression because that's what she was she was suffering from some issues with depression. Um, obviously she, her weight loss was stalling. Um, and she had a little bit of brain fog, and just wasn't feeling like herself. And so this hormone, this thyroid hormone, this T3 thyroid hormone can really help to sort of get you out of that. But specifically, she did use this T3. Now, this isn't the only medication that you can use, and you might not even need medication. But what you do need to do is get your thyroid tested. I've talked um, a lot about the tests that you would want to look at to do that, so you can go back through and, and look through those tests, but it's really easy. You just go into your doctor and ask them to order some tests, and if you're suffering from that postpartum thyroiditis, which I talked about previously, that will, will light up and you'll be able to identify that fairly easily, um, but, anyway, but then the question is treatment, so like I said, this was her specific treatment. Now, the second thing is, and perhaps um, I don't want to say more important, but but this is perhaps more relevant to many of you, um, is diet. And so the reason I say that is because you don't really have control over the type of medication that your doctor is prescribing you, but you do have control over the type of foods that you put into your body. Um, and I'm going to talk specifically about her diet, but what you need to understand here is that there is not one specific diet that all postpartum women need or or that they'll flourish with or, or whatever. It, it needs to be sort of um, tailored to your specific body. Now, I'm going to talk about this one because this is one that I think is not as commonly used, which makes for, which makes which means that it's a good case study for you guys to understand. So, generally, remember what I was saying before is that um, people tend to have a fear of carbohydrates. They tend to try to avoid all of the carbohydrates as much as possible because their fear is that it will increase insulin and that it will lead to insulin resistance and therefore weight gain. Now, that is true in some individuals, but not others. And so, in fact, Let's take a look at this patient. So this is a this patient, the one that um, again, the one that we we showed her before and afters. She had a very high um, plant-based vegetarian sort of, well, it wasn't completely vegetarian, but it was it was a very high carbohydrate plant-based diet. It did have some meats, but not a lot. Um, and so what she, what she did is we we I had her eat plenty of fruit. So she had lots of mango, pineapple, um, dates. Like these are traditionally foods that have a higher amount of sugar content. That usually are fructose. So usually, people that are in, you know, that recommend diets, they say to avoid these foods, right? Because they say, you know, these are sh- dates, especially. They call them sugar bombs and things like that. Um, but they can be used to help you with weight loss. It, it may seem paradoxical if you don't have a complete understanding of how it works. But but I want you to let you want you to understand that it is possible. She also drank a lot of orange juice, which again you would think of as a sugary drink. Um, lots of starchy carbohydrates, so rice and potatoes, things like that. Um, she had a lot of vegetable salads. That was like her thing. That's how she got her vegetables in. Um, and then she also did have some meats, um, chicken and beef. There was no, she just, whatever meat was was her preference. Um, and this, this of course, was all organic and grass-fed. And so these are the type of foods that she ate a lot of. So not a lot of fats in there, as you can see. So she avoided, a, and I recommended that she avoided a lot of olive oils and coconut oils. And I, just, I know that because I know that she has done poorly on those in the past. So this is the type of patient that would not do well. On like a ketogenic diet or a low carb, high fat diet. I know those aren't the same, but we're just classifying them as sort of the low carb groups of of diets to begin with. So she did not do well on those types of diet, but she did really well on a high carb, sort of plant based place based diet. So this isn't a vegetarian or vegan diet, but there wasn't as there wasn't a ton of meat. So I just I was just pu- pointing out that you can lose weight on those type of diets. Now what type what did she avoid? So, um, I had her avoid a lot of fats. So she was, if anything, she was really on a low fat diet and this included the, the healthy and unhealthy type of fats that I wanted her to avoid. So even coconut oils, olive oils, avocado oils, you know, all of those things. And then of course, all of the type of oils, corn oil, safflower, etc. all of those, um, um, the industrial seed oils that come in the prepackaged food. So completely avoided all of those things. I had to avoid all refined sugars um, and, and any sort of food that had added sugars into it. So different from sugars that are naturally found in, in fruits and vegetables, I didn't want her to add anything in excess to that. So obviously, you know, if the food was naturally high in some sugars like dates would be or mangoes and pineapples and things like that, we, we she didn't avoid those but she didn't she didn't have those with anything, any sort of added sugars. But if there was something like, I don't know, peanut butter or um, uh, spaghetti sauce or something that had added sugars, we tried to avoid anything like that. Um, I had to avoid all processed foods, so anything that was processed or or created in like a can or anything like that, came in a box or a package or a can that had, you know, more than just, you know, funny names or things like that. I had her avoid those. Um, I had her avoid all products containing gluten and all dairy products as well. Now, we later found out in her specifically that she needed to avoid soy as well, but that wasn't related to her weight. That was related to her child um, and just some allergies that were there. But Uh, But anyway, so technically she was gluten, dairy, and soy free, but, but originally it just started as being gluten and dairy products. Anyway, she did really, really, really well on this. Um, and I'm not saying that everyone needs to do this, but I want to point out that you can lose a lot of weight and feel at your best and have high levels of energy and do amazing on diets which are high in carbohydrate and not necessarily just, just um, high in fat. So, you know, a lot of people will have you think that the only way to lose weight is to eat a high-fat diet. That's just not always the case. I would say um, it is for some people, but, but not for, for others. So then, um, so that was her diet. So then we go to supplements. She used a lot of supplements. Um, She used a a, a high-powered probiotic, so I had her on a very high dose of probiotics. Um, You can see the one that I recommended um, here. Um, She wanted to take um, a hair regrowth sort of uh, supplement to help her hair grow back, and so I had her take um, one of those. Uh, My recommended product is right there as well. Um, She was on berberine because she liked the way that it suppressed her appetite, and berberine has a lot of other benefits as well. Um, She was taking iodine. Had her take iodine because um, for the cognitive benefits to the child and then also to her. And she just did really well on that. And then every day she had a protein, she had protein powder and she used that with a green sort of red drink that she had uh, in a smoothie um, each and every morning. So you can, you know, use a clean protein powder and you can use a clean green drink to put that sort of together. But these are the supplements. So how many is that? see, one, two, three, four, five, six. So six supplements that she took every day. You don't need to get crazy with supplements. If you're taking 15 plus, you're probably doing your body a disservice. Um, but I, I like to say somewhere between the five and seven range, split up throughout the day if possible. Um, and that includes all extra things that you would be taking. So I think that that's where you really get the benefit. The next thing is she did, uh, the next um, weight loss therapy was breastfeeding. And so lactation actually helps to, which is really cool. So there's a, remember I was telling you before, there's a cycle where, um, in the, po- during pregnancy, the body develops insulin resistance, um, higher levels of cholesterol, and then you tend to gain more fat. And so this is predominantly influenced by insulin, but also through estrogen. Now what's interesting is this is well known. However, one of the benefits to lactation or breastfeeding is that it helps to block or it helps to get this cycle moving back in the direction that it it was before pregnancy. So during pregnancy, you have this increase in metabolic... issues and metabolic um, problems such as insulin resistance and weight gain and et cetera. Now, lactation helps to balance those things in the postpartum period. And so what can happen is if for whatever reason, let's say you have to go back to work or your, you know, your milk ran dry or whatever reason it is, um, or you needed to cut it off early for some reason, if you cut off the lactation too soon, you're missing out on that benefit of bringing everything back into balance um, that like I just mentioned here and is, and is shown in this picture here. And so, um, this is perhaps one of the reasons too why women struggle with weight loss in the postpartum period as a result of this cycle. And so, um, I don't like to say that breastfeeding by itself is usually sufficient to help women get back to their normal weight. However, it is very, very, very helpful and it can be, as long as it's used in conjunction with everything else we're talking about, that's what's really going to get you back to your normal weight. But don't count on lactation as the thing that is going to help you with weight loss. It, you probably have heard stories that it's helped in some women and that's, you know, undoubtedly true. However, you need to think about your body and you need to think about yourself. And so that's probably not going to work in most people and I wouldn't count on it. However, doing it is very, very, very beneficial for the reasons that we just mentioned. Now, the other thing is exercise. And so traditionally what you might hear is that you need to exercise a ton and you need to, um, you know, eat low carb and you need to reduce the amount that you eat and then you'll lose weight. Well, you don't actually have to do a lot of high intensity exercises and things like that. And so, this particular patient, she did exercise, of course, but there was a lot of yoga, um, stretching, and there were some other uh, specific targeted exercises to help with uh, diastasis recti, which is the the opening of that abdominal wall that can occur as a result of pregnancy, you know, as the baby sort of um, expands out the um, the abdominal wall. And so, she did a lot of Low intensity type of exercises, um, and and this this worked out really great for her. So again, don't think that you have to jump into this high intensity stuff. In fact, the more stress you put on your body, the 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 more harm it might cause to you. And so or it might cause in the long run. So there is this sort of paradoxical approach to weight loss that a lot of women struggle with because there's plenty of women that when they come to me and I treat them, I actually have them reduce the amount that they're exercising and I actually have them eat more and that's how they achieve their weight loss. Um, not by those two things necessarily, but it, but it but that's some of the therapies that I'll recommend to people and they, they don't get it, but when it works, it works. Like You can't deny the fact that it works. And so part of this it has to do with the amount of stress that you're putting on your body, the type of foods that you're putting in your body, and how your body, is utilizing those, utilizing those nutrients based off your hormones. Um, and so that's pretty much it. And so this is a, what is this, a five-step sort of um, program that I had her on. Again, it can't be extrapolated out to every single woman in the postpartum period, but hopefully it gives you some ideas um, and it helps you to understand the type of things that you want to be looking for and the type of therapies that you want to be doing if you're struggling with weight loss in the postpartum period. I would say if you're doing good on exercise, if you're doing good on breastfeeding. You feel like you have supplements in order. Um, probably the two main areas that you were, you're probably missing would be the the hormone uh, hormone issues. So specifically thyroid and perhaps your diet. Perhaps you're perhaps you're not um, using the right diet for your body. So those are sort of the two areas. Um, I would say most women get the other areas. They they do okay in those areas. Um, but those would be the, the, the places that you would want to look, especially if you're struggling with it. So that's pretty much it. Um, and again, these are these are her before and afters. Uh, I would say, I think it was about three or four months, I can't remember exactly, but anyway, that those are, there they are for you. So, if you have any questions about this or if you're struggling with weight loss in the postpartum period, um, leave your comments or your questions below. I'll do my best to get to those and to answer those, um, but just realize you may need to go into your doctor, you may need to get some lab tests, you may need to assess those hormones, and so it's not very hard to do those things, um, but it's definitely worth it, especially if these other sort of basic therapies aren't working. So, anyway, that's all I've got for you for today. Um, leave your comments and questions below. Below, and I'll try and do my best to get to them. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later.